So are we upside down to people? <laughs> are we? Go ahead. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 32 of Jen and Millie, where a Gen Xer and a millennial share the strength-based perspective through which they view the world. We're your hosts, Allison. And I'm That's Tess. Me. We have fancy new mugs. I'm really excited about these new <laughs> mugs. And I'm really excited at Walgreens.com where I designed my little little promo for Walgreens because I had to sneakily, is that a word? In a sneakish way, I had to, I have to be careful with my ishes. Last time I really bombed the other one. Um, I had to get this from Hannah in a sneaky way that Tess didn't know about it. And Tess is always on my computer trying to fix things. So, so many computer issues. So she was looking at my computer at something and I thought she's going to see the email that has the PDF, JPEG of this. PDF. <laughs> the JPEG of this. And so I was on her computer. Right. <laughs> And I was so delighted when these showed up and they turned out so well because this is a bitmoji, bitmoji that I was forced into creating. And so to celebrate that and to honor that, um, we now have new mugs, uh, Jen and Millie mugs. Jen and Millie mugs. So. It was the perfect use of um, Allie's individualization um, to bring that, to bring these to life. So I applaud you. I, I love gift it. giving. I know. That's one of my favorite parts of this time of year is surprises and doing meaningful things for others. Um, so this is really weird today because... We're live here, and I want to give my time and attention this way, but at the same time, I need to be intentional about our microphone. We have a very sophisticated in-house studio. Yep, we'll just give you a little bit of a, a look here. Oh, alrighty, on this great um, cardboard box here. Um, and then, like I mentioned, um, our setup here, uh, that's where my phone is, on top of an upside-down trash can, and being held together by a coaster, and a great... Uh, little another um, container hashtag adaptability yes this is adaptability at its finest <laughs> so um I think you're getting the well that's okay uh, that's okay so today <laughs> it is the um I'm a uh, big believer in checking things off the list this time of year and accomplishing things that I wanted to do each month. I put together um, kind of a to-do list of things that I want to do to be more um, honoring of my word of the year. This year, my word was present. I'm doing reiki on- You're doing reggae? Reiki, ah. as in healing yes. energy on Friday in honor okay. of winter solstice. Um, and that's going to be one of my last things for December and for my year of present, but so is this. Because this is really pushing, this has pushed my technological gifts um, significantly, and to do something with social media live is pretty awesome. The first time I've done it. Oh, you haven't done live? Yeah, I haven't done live before. Oh, you're not afraid. No. You're rocking your... Rocking my Christmas gear. I. It wasn't that I missed the memo on the Christmas gear, it's that... I strongly dislike Christmas sweaters and <laughs> everything I am right now. No, I just I'm not I'm not that into Christmas that way. Yeah. But I'm into Christmas in the sense of I've been doing 30 magical days of kindness. Lots of it, and that has been powerful and awesome and amazing. And also um I love magic. And I think there is a a sense of We're still with you. Let's sing Christmas carols. I'm just kidding. Because just like karaoke, I'm horrible at singing. But I could play you a tune. What's your favorite Christmas carol? Well, Allison? Well, Tess, thanks for asking. I love um, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. That is actually one of the only Christmas carols that I love. And so I found a sign at the wonderful um, boutique kind of floral shop, kind of one of the floral shops we visited in Ainsworth that says, have yourself a merry little Christmas on it. And then yesterday when I tried to deliver a gift to my mom at Legacy, I noticed they have the same sign <laughs> in their um, flower pot. Okay, well here we are, we're back. 
That was nice rambling. I'm sorry. I did not hear anything you said. But we are live now. We are back. Um, and we are here. And it was a really good thing it cut connection because I realized that we had just gone live on my personal Instagram. <laughs> so we're now here on oh, Jim and Melody's hi. Instagram. So hi. Thank you all for tuning in. And if you were here seven minutes ago waiting for us to do that, um, welcome. And welcome. I apologize. I noticed all my friends were tuning in and wondered why. Um, <laughs> Please come back. Come back, Tessa's friends. Okay, we have to do this again then. Okay. <laughs> so we are learning, um, for people who are going to listen to this podcast later, um, we are learning how to multitask at its finest. So we are here. Yeah. And we had recorded the beginning of a great conversation. Awesome. Taylor's with us. Thank you. Um, hi. Wave to Taylor. Um, we are learning how um, how to do this. What did you just right. do? I just waved to her. With what? With a wave. Oh, you can. I see. <laughs> I um, see. So uh, we are excited. Jay Wright. Hey, Jay. How's it going? Welcome. Sir Jay Wright. Sir I knew Jay he'd join Wright. us. Um, so we are so King of the excited. podcast. Thank you all um, for being here and for tuning in to us later, however, joining us. Um, we had a bit of a faux pas at the beginning because I um, had tuned in um, live with my personal Instagram account. So um, we're here and we're ready. <laughs> and it's been a rough morning, but we're okay. We're here. So you miss, if you were on Tess's personal Instagram <laughs> watching the first round of this, you saw our very sophisticated studio, which oh, is a um, trash can. Balancing a cardboard box. And a coaster. Mm-hmm. To keep my phone out. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Oh, thanks, Jay. I know. They are nice glasses, aren't they? And then we have this great cardboard set up here. We were actually just talking about, um, Allie was talking about how she dislikes tacky Christmas things. And I understand, and I, re- I want you to share a little bit more about that. Um, I believe in the magic of Christmas, and I'm a, I am ai love the kindness acts that I've been part of and surprise. I love surprises, mm-hmm. but I think it can go a little bit. <laughs> it's hard for me <laughs> to say this to you. No, well. <laughs> it can go a little far. Um, so although I am very much fa-la-la-la-la, I also, um, I think I'm becoming more, more of a minimalist yeah. in my older my older years and so accumulation of stuff and more stuff and Christmas time is a lot of stuff so we get stuff out and put up the stuff and I just every year I'm kind of like because I'm a big believer if I don't love it like really really love it then it, it maybe needs to go away so I do love this and if you were on Tess's Insta not this one um Thank you to Walgreens uh, because they did such a marvelous job with this, dealing with my lack of technology skills and my ability to get this uh, JPEG from Hannah um, secretly. (laughs) I love surprises, and I love the magic of that. And then also this time of year, um, I go check out lights. I do lots of traditional things. So thank you, Lauren. She's taking me ice skating tonight because that's one of my favorite holiday. Lauren. Yeah. Okay, so I love all things Christmas, even the tacky things. I can and tell. I, you can't tell at all, can you? Um, and so, and I realized, well, okay, first off, I don't like newly minted, tacky, old Christmas sweaters. Got ya. That have been newly created. So this was my grandmother's that she purchased in the 80s and that I borrowed from her every year for our ugly Christmas sweater day at high school, which I described to her as wear your best Christmas sweater to high school. Um, of course, didn't want to tell her it was an ugly Christmas sweater because my grandmother would not have let me borrow it if I had told her what it was actually <laughs> for. Um, but I won most years. So it's this beautiful hand embroidered, um, and it has this very nice um, heart on the back in Vikings colors. Um, was that your mascot? No, uh, Minnesota Vikings. Oh, sorry, oh, Minnesota. oh. No. Um, come on, come on. <laughs> Jay knows. Jay understands. Sorry, Jay. Um, but uh, so I, I don't like the new ones that come out where you can see three people in one day with the same sweater. And I'm like, that's not. Right. Not vintage. Right. It's not vintage. So this is. Um, and my, the other context. one that I wear, context. And the other one that I wear is um, I got from, uh, um, I dug through the racks out of Goodwill, like my sophomore year of high school, because I wanted a different one. And it's a vest, and it's all sequins. And on one 
like side of the vest, it is Santa Claus made out of sequins. And then the other side of the vest is like presents and a tree made out of sequins. It's all sequins. And so, um, uh, but I only have those two and I keep them and rotate them every year. So um, for those of you who um, uh, um, were here, I did wear this sweater on Jenna Millie last year, but it's because I also had my Christmas Thing with my mentee today, our Christmas party, and I also have a Christmas party tonight for my young adults group, and last year I wore my sequin one to both of those, so I had to switch it up, so unfortunately Jen and Millie kind of got the short end of the stick, so got both my Christmas, same Christmas sweater. So I have one, um, and you'll remember from last year's Jen and Millie, it's uh, with the reindeer, and it itches, and I strongly dislike wearing it, so I kind of casually forgot about it today. Um, Shucks. Kind of. And so in the spirit, I have a little tree here. We were actually looking, um, we were shopping and looking for some home decor things. And Mike said to me, like, what's your, what do you like? Hmm. And I said, nothing. And he said, I can't believe that you don't have more Santas because that's so you. And I, 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 um, Santa still comes to our house. And there's magic in believing. Mm-hmm. And I love everything about the, the Christmas story because the gifts of the magi. I mean, I love gifts of this, this kind of gift. Yeah. So I might not get the glasses on and, and go crazy, but there are pieces of it that I just love, love, love. Yeah. I have my original stocking that mm-hmm. came from a lady named Betty Seeger. No way. Mm-hmm. And she made it. She was um, a lady that was friends of my mom's. Um, and she made my stocking, which are rarely homemade anymore. Yeah. And um, my kids have, Lauren has a homemade stocking. Um, Sean, because he's the youngest, we just bought him one. Um, <laughs> sorry, Poor Sean. Sean. Um, but you love Lauren. I think, <laughs> right. But I think about some of those traditions and pieces and why they matter to me has a lot to do with the magic of Christmas. So Mike said, I just can't believe that you don't have more Santas because you're all about that. And I, my kids will tell you um, there's danger in not believing. And so uh, I also love, we watched Muppet Christmas Carol on Friday night, which is one of my favorite Christmas movies. Have you seen it? No, I have not. I love all things Muppets, but Muppets, Muppet Christmas Carol is so good. And we watched that and love actually while I wrap gifts. And what I wanted to make sure I mentioned today on Jen and Millie, I hate wrapping and I'm terrible. You all know, terrible at crafts, terrible at wrapping. I have embraced it this year and decided it is prime time for me to own what I'm good at and let go what I'm not. And I don't care if your gift looks like a kindergartner (laughs) wrapped it because you know it's from me. And then today I got a wonderful email from our friend. Um, His name is Rick. He writes some really beautiful pieces that he sends on to me. And he wraps all all Christmas gifts and birthday presents in the comics, which was a tradition started by his aunt and uncle. And he Mm -hmm. said... He, lo- he looked forward to seeing that under the tree because he knew who it was from. Oh, I love and that. so I thought, if you have a horribly wrapped gift, you know it's from me. <laughs> so that's, I'm going to embrace awesome. it. Yeah. So okay. this year I just am okay with it. I love that. Yeah. I love that. That's a very strengths mindset of you mm-hmm. to know what, know your limitations and what you are yep. good at and gifted to do and maybe what your um, limitations are. And I wanted to share that I love tacky Christmas stuff because for me, and I think now that I'm realizing it, now that we're talking, it might be because I have such low woo. Because when I walk around like this, people become joyful. Mm. And I love that. Mm. I walked around the elementary school today with my mentee looking like this, carrying a gingerbread house. And people smiled and laughed and said, oh, that looks so good. And, oh, my gosh, I love your sweater. And I, when I walked back into the office, the screening team was all like, Tess, in your glasses? That's so cute. And I got to show them pictures. And so for me, even though it's tacky, like, it brings a smile to people's face. It does. And I don't think 
how I normally just walk on through going about my business brings a smile to people's face. That's not true. <laughs> right? I'm not like a, oh, Hannah brings a smile to people's face when she walks through the office. Hannah does. But we can hear you, Hannah, when you come through, and it's here. joy. Yep. <laughs> and so I think that's what I was realizing was why I like this so much, why I love blaring Christmas music and, like, wearing tacky glasses and a Christmas sweater is because when I walk by, people laugh. And that's, and I know that they're not laughing, they're laughing at me kind of, but it's like a really good laughing at me because it's like they're reminded that this is an awesome time of year. It is an awesome time of year. You're right. That is really good to think about. It's, I would not call it Insta Woo, but I would call it Insta Joy. Mm -hmm. Um, So would you go as far as to put reindeer on your vehicle? Asking, just putting that out there. (laughs) Asking for a friend. Mm -hmm. Um, If they just suddenly or a wreath ended up on your vehicle. I think a wreath, I think the personification of non-human items is a little creepy for me. So I already see faces within vehicles I don't need a nose to add to it so I think that's just trying to figure out her limit personal personal level (laughs) but I definitely would stick a wreath on it but I don't know that I would make my vehicle into a reindeer okay so I don't know if that's a limit (laughs) checking the limit so what I love is you give me a great segue to bring this up Um, I found this I I can't remember where the 12 days of Christmas I think it was probably through simple abundance which I talk about all the time um So the first day is the gift of undivided attention. The second day is the gift of enthusiasm. The third, the gift of creative energy. The fourth, the gift of simple seasonal pleasures, which I think that would be a good example Mm -hmm. of, and the gingerbread house that you did. Five, the gift of tenderness. Six, gift of good cheer. Seven, gift of beauty. Eight, gift of communication. It's a gift. Nine, gift of surprise. I love surprises. Ten, gift of wonder. Eleven, gift of peaceful surroundings. And twelve, the gift of joy. And I think um, what a great way to think about the gifts that we give um, at Christmas time. That's awesome. Uh, I also have a new word to share. Yes. I hope you're ready for this. Yes. I can't take credit. I want to give credit. It's um, a Facebook friend who is the daughter of someone I used to work with. Her name is Rihanna. Um, Rhiannon, Rhiannon, like the, mm-hmm. you don't even know the song. No, never mind. No. Um, Stevie Nicks, Fleetwood Mac. I know Fleetwood Mac. Okay, Rhiannon Kay. is the song. That's her name. And she m- used the word flossum. Flossum? I'm floss. F-L-A-W-S, because when you first said that, I thought you said F-L-O-S-S-O-M-E. No, Flossum. Not like flossum, <laughs> but like I am flossum. I am full of awesome flaws. Oh, cool. I am awesomely flawful. Yes. Flawful. Flawful. That'd be awesome if we were made so, of flawful. Flossum is a new word awesome. that I just learned about recently, so I'm kind of liking it. So let's do questions. That's a good one. Okay, so this episode is a special edition, not only Instagram Live, but Q&A. And so for those of you, a couple people tuned in, let us know if you have any questions that you would like us to Can you tell um, I can't answer. see? You can tell. Um, Jay Wright waved. Jay Wright said, nice glasses test. Jay Wright said, oh, Allie, Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> in that tone, exactly. Um, <laughs> I'll read them to you. Thanks, Jay, for being here. Um, and so we have a few questions. So if you are tuning in, feel free to type uh, your questions in the comment section. It's a free range of questions. So anything you want to ask us, let us know. Anything at all. Um, anything at all. Do you want to start with some fun, light personal questions, strengths questions, strengths and teammates questions? Well, I was hoping for, you know, questions are my favorite thing. So I was hoping for a litany of questions. Um, and I look forward to those who are joining us coming up with a few. Um, also, have you listened to Sir J. Wright's podcast yet? I have not yet. Oh, it's on my. It's uh, really good. It's on my queue for my drive on Friday back home. To okay, Minnesota. you're not going to understand ninety percent of it because Ooh, it's lots of sports talk. Okay. However, his context is off the charts in it. You'll just be so honored. I mean, he can describe awesome. a high school gym. Yes. You'll love you'll that. love that. But um, Jay Wright, I want to give you some credit on you. I mean, you're expanding yourself and you're saying, you know what? If those two can podcast, so can I. So he did his so first one. Anna. I heard. And so I think it's great when people stretch and try new things. But yeah. Jay, you have a great podcast voice. Oh. So you can tell he has he has radio experience. He does not say um a lot. 
Yeah. And he doesn't say awesome. So. All the cool kids use context. Yep. Jay. Anyway, it's really good. So um, it is called, and you will love this, um, and thank you for everybody who's recommending podcasts to me. Yes. I've had some great ones. Um, it's called Knights of Old. Look at this. Oh my gosh, I love it. And the first episode is it can only go downhill from here. <laughs> so great, oh my goodness. Okay, so let's do some basic questions, because I love questions. Um, so these questions that we, um, we're we gonna start with actually came from um, Dr. Richard Hasty, and he's a superintendent at Plattsmith, and I think we've talked a little bit about him on here in the process of learning um, how to do a podcast. We recorded an awesome conversation with him, but it did not record well. So hopefully we'll get him on and contributing to the podcast soon. So what I love about this is um, Dr. Hasty has very high individualization, which you can hear in this. He gives this, um, handout to all of his new staff and it starts with we want to know more about you in an effort to recognize and appreciate one another we've developed this profile to help us know more about you so one of my favorite questions on here is of course favorite restaurant mm. so Tess this is what I get for giving her a heads up on things I told her we might use these and look she went and filled them out I wanted like on they the fly. Were. I filled them out this morning on the fly in preparation for this. So what did you write down? <laughs> I did not fill them out. What's your favorite restaurant? Um, I wrote down two. Um, I wrote down Night Owl is probably my number one favorite right now. Really? Oh, yes. Ooh, yes. What's your favorite dish there? Um, probably their tachos, which is kind of what they're known for. Okay. Their tater tot nachos. Like nachos with tater tots as the base, and okay. that sounds so. That sounds super like, but it's with feta cheese, green verde chili. Like it's, um, like onions on top of it. It's like a not traditional nacho stuff, just put on tater tots. Right. But so it's kind of a really cool. I feel mix. like I'm a nacho purist, and it's either on chips or it doesn't belong. Oh, so I wouldn't think of these as nachos. They're just called tachos. Potato. Thanks. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, call All right. Whatever you want to. Um, I favorite type of music we've already heard from Tess from previous Jenna Millie's. Her favorite type of music is depressing. That's her. Um, did you write AKA that down? Indie. <laughs> what about favorite candle scent? Ooh, anything vanilla. Um, and actually, I got a sweet tobacco um, candle from Wax Buffalo this weekend at a Maker's Market. Tobacco is a popular scent this year. Yes, it was very good. Uh -huh. But I like anything vanilla. And you didn't answer yours. What's you haven't your asked me yet. Restaurant? I'm not done with you. Oh my gosh. Um, also, Taylor had a great um, contribution of a question. She said, What's the greatest Christmas gift you've ever received? Or you've ever given? Received and given. Ooh. Received. <sighs> this is hard. I, well, this year it was the, this is interesting because they tie together. Of course they do. <laughs> um, this year Mike got me a, um, an ornament that's a picture of my dad and me from when I'm little. And I, my dad passed away when I was five. And it's this picture of little me, little four-year-old me holding a baby pig. I mean, I actually have my arms around the pig and I'm not scared to death. I'm just, because I totally, anything my dad would have said I would have done. So he brings in this baby pig and I'm just like, huh. And Mike had that made into an ornament for me. That's my favorite gift so far this year. And my favorite gift to give um, years ago, I had this too. This <laughs> was really to fun. But also, um, I had Mike's parents' uh, wedding picture um, mm. redone into a um, larger picture and frame oh, for him. Awesome. Yeah, and I did it as a surprise. And. That's always fun when you can do those kinds of things. Oh, so I have a couple stories about gifts I've given this year. So both of my best friends, I so individualization is a people are pretty good gift givers. Like they're mm -hmm. pretty intuitive. When people make comments about, you know, I would like that, you know, we tend to pick up on those things. And so one of my um, good friends is a part of Sons of Norway. Her family's very Norwegian. She's always wanted to go to Scandinavia. And so I was at um, Costco and I saw this. Um, it was. Um, like a baking book it was called the Nordic baking book and it had it in the original language 
which Nordic country it was from, and then the recipe. And it was all baking, so it was breads and pastries and all sorts of stuff. And she's also a big fan of Costco. Um, and so I was like, oh, shoot, I hope she doesn't get it. And so I got it for her, and I, like, wrapped it up with a few other things. Like, I got this really cool handmade towel from a coffee shop in Plattsmith, and it had the colors of the Norwegian flag on it. Mm. And all of these things. I got her little journal because she's going on this trip to Scotland, so I got her a travel journal. So it was this whole theme of kind of, like, Nordic international travel. And so I gave it to her, and she unwrapped this um, cooking book and she said I saw it at Costco and I didn't pick it up and I have not been able to find it since Tess I've spent hours searching for this good and I was like yes that makes your individualization okay, heartful right? so then last night I give my gift to my other best friend and um, one of the things she made a comment a while ago about how her room's a little cold and how she would love like a heated blanket so I buy her this heated blanket that day she went out to buy one and couldn't decide which one to buy and then I got it, gave it to her for a gift. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this has happened twice this Individualization. Year. Like, yep, at its finest. So that was definitely the best best ones I've good given question, this year. Good question, Taylor. Good question. That's a good question. And I want to give a shout-out. Nintendo. Uh, Jay Wright said Nintendo was the, uh, the best present he's ever received. He got it when he was 10 years old. Contra. Uh, up, down, up, down, left, right, left, right. I used to be able to figure out how to win Contra. Oh, man. Up, down, up, down, left, right, left, right. <laughs> Something, something. Okay. Okay, sorry. Contra. Contra. Contra was the game that you played on Nintendo. No context for that. I know. Um, what is your favorite restaurant? I thought maybe you were going to ask me this question. Oh, yeah, we can definitely talk about that. But I want to um, hear your favorite <laughs> restaurant first. One of my favorite restaurants is the Black Crow in Beatrice, Nebraska. One of my all-time favorites. I love it, love it, love it. Um love the ambiance love the service um the servers have been there for years which i love and i love the chef ray um the dishes stay consistent sometimes he he throws some new things in there but i know consistently what i'm going to have when i go there and i love it that's one of my favorite restaurants i would say here in omaha um one of my favorites is brushy and it's just up the road um love that place for the same reasons i'm big on ambiance oh yeah it's got to be the right feel and the food could be terrible but if it's got great ambiance but also I should not have said that out loud because I am the curse of restaurants oh that's all right never mind I have a few people listening yep <laughs> whenever I love a restaurant it goes out of business so okay never go to night owl please okay <laughs> try not to okay don't tell worry me, tell me about your favorite holiday my very favorite holiday is new year's I love New Year's Eve and I love New Year's Day because it's such a celebration of both the end and the beginning. And how often do you get to do that? Not very often. I love everything about New Year's Eve. It is so magical. Um, I do. It's also the beginning of birthday month. (laughs) January. So I love New Year's Eve. Um, I try to always have a sparkler if I can't have fireworks have a sparkler, uh, the old traditional Lang Syne song. I mean, I love everything about that, but I also like to dress up and go out, um, as my husband knows, and he just, I know he dreads this holiday, but I love it. And then I love New Year's Day because it's an opportunity for you to focus on the year ahead. That's a joyful day. Mm-hmm. It's the end and the beginning, all, all wrapped into one. Yep. That's my favorite holiday. This is interesting because oftentimes we have similar philosophies when it comes to things, I've realized. But we have very different philosophies when it comes to this. So, What I, do we have um, similar philosophies on? Uh, quite a few things, I feel like. Um, just about living and wholeness, wellness. Like, also, yeah. like a lot of what we talk about on here. But um, So that's got to be a generational perspective. No, I don't, you don't think, think so. on New Year's? So, so New Year's for me. So I actually got to, um, to host church service on New Year's last year. So I talked all about how in the world there are such big celebrations of New Year's and how the year comes to an end and the New Year starts, which is a great thing. But why do we wait until the year is end, has ended to start making better decisions for our lives or start I living that every with more intention? <laughs> and so, right, So, but a lot of people don't. So for oftentimes it's like the last six months of the year are an excuse where I'm going to start January 1. So my whole thing was, you know, in Scripture it says his mercies are new every single morning. Mm-hmm. So get up every single morning and live as if it was New Year's Day. And that's how I, I try, especially with my word of the year this, this year. I've also been 
really working hard at the gym because I keep saying 2019, um, I'm coming for you because 2018 has almost broke me. Um, just a lot of things have happened, but also physically lots of injuries and all of that. So I am not waiting until January to get started. I'm started now. Good. I love it. What other questions? Let's see. I was going to say my um, favorite holiday, if you can't tell, is the 4th of July. That's not true. I'm just kidding. It's Christmas. (laughs) Um, Let's see. Your... Oh, I liked this question. I can always use a gift certificate from. My massage therapist, Emma. (laughs) My hairstylist, Scott. Um, My yoga place. The beanery. I really do love what I love. I'm kind of in for... If I, if I love a place, I'm in. Okay, so this is my favorite question of all of these. Okay. And this ties back to strengths, your favorite form of recognition. Mm. So I wrote a personal note or written recognition. So for me, they are words that I want to be able to keep and go back to. And so, <laughs> and so I like when it's, especially when it's like a personal card or note, but also written recognition. So after um, we wrap up today, I'm going to play you a voicemail that I got from our friend uh, Jarrell, who um, had to reschedule a meeting that we had planned for this week. And he left me one of the most, and he does this all the time. Um, he just lifts people up. He just, he is in operation joy at all times even with the voicemail that he leaves to say hey sorry we had to reschedule Um, wanted to let you know we're working on other things um, but I'll be in touch and I just absolutely loved that he's he left me this voicemail that just lift literally lifted me by listening to it and I think um, as I've been doing these 30 days of kindness and um, you know being more intentional about gratitude I think the power of joy is really significant and that whole magic of this time of year yeah. is that people are more joyful, whether they're wearing the getup or they're they're sharing a positive recognition or something special about somebody. Um, that's where we are in this season of joy. That's awesome. That's awesome. Okay. Questions you received. Um, a few other questions. Okay. Are are you good on these questions? I'm good on those. Okay. Um, so another question I thought that was great. So Annette sent us uh, quite a few questions, which is awesome. Thanks, um, a Annette. lot of them were about how to become a strengths chapter, renewal training. So I'll cover, I'll ask some of those in just a bit. Okay. But one of the questions I um, that she asked that I thought was cool is how do you decide what to talk about on Jen and Millie? She says, I love that show, Smiley Face. We don't. We really don't. We just um, kind of come in here and let things evolve naturally, uh, which I like a lot. I think um, I got, I picked up Sean the other day uh, as he was wrapping up finals. I picked him up and took him to lunch, and he said, I was playing Jenna Millie in the car because I listened to this recording, and he said, Are you listening to your own podcast? Are you kidding me? <laughs> and I said, Yes, because I like to hear it again and think, how did we get from here to here? (laughs) Because we don't ever have a script or any intent. I mean, this is probably the most notes we've ever had. Um, We don't have much intention about it, yet it becomes so intentional. Mm -hmm. But I think that's the power of strength-based conversation, Yeah, is when we're focused on the good, positive things come of that, and that conversation just evolves. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. That's so great. I would tend to agree. I feel like we never really go in, maybe go in with a topic we want to talk about. I take little notes throughout the week of things that I want to make sure that I ask you about, like mentioning the word flossum, um, the uh, the 12 days of Christmas that I I mean, I'll jot things down and put GM next to it so that I remember it, but we really don't have a standard topic. I guess my question to the group that listens to us, would you want us to? Yeah, pre-planned. Would you want us to have specific topics so you knew when to tune in for this certain dialogue good question question to the audience reverse Q&A alrighty so a lot of these questions I'm just going to almost interview you because I feel like you you are the expert when it comes to a lot of these um, questions 
is um, go, uh, so Annette asks, um, since we're looking um, kind of new um, new strengths chapters, um, our Caesar Out in Communities talking in chapters, um, can you go over the steps to becoming a strengths chapter again in a nutshell? Um, it starts by reaching out and we send you a couple documents that kind of sum up um, what what our responsibilities are and what you can expect from us, the Teammate Strengths team, and what the expectations are for the chapter. We talk with the regional coordinator and we say, is this the right time? We talk with the program coordinator and say, is this the right time? Because we want to make sure that we do um, strengths when a chapter is in a good place, um, in a healthy place. It's never a patch. It's never a fix. It's never a solve problems. It's an enhancement to the great things that um, that chapters are doing and matches are doing. So we send out some documents. We ask um, the chapter coordinator to talk with their board so that the board is on board, literally, about strengths, and then also um, talk with the school superintendent so that they know what's coming. Because sometimes that school district might already be doing something with strengths, and that's always helpful for us to know. Um, and then we say, come to Strengths Day, which this year is going to be in September. So we encourage people to um, plan for that. That's a requirement for new strengths chapters. But that's really kind of a nutshell as to what, what happens. Um, it's open to all chapters, but we want to be sure it's the right time for you. Awesome. So then when uh, we come out, when uh, you and I maybe go out for a strengths day, can you do uh, renewals when you're in a community? So from kind of questions from the PC uh, point of view, can you do renewals when you're in our community for strengths? And how do we incorporate that? incorporate that into a strength day? So we always cover policy at the end if the program coordinator would like us to do that. So we have um, about five, ten minutes at the end when we wrap up strengths day where we talk about um, the um, the policy and procedures around teammates so that we can count it as a renewal. But also if we're there in your community and you have people who aren't signed up for strengths, we can certainly do a one-hour um, renewal on a different topic if, if you'd like. We're planning that. I am actually just got off the phone today with Sean in um, Sydney, and he was asking that same question. I said, absolutely. Um, and you, renewals are really creative this year when it comes to match support. We talked today, Sean and I did, about a match academy. So maybe having a mentor-mentee breakfast, and we'll um, bring everybody in, have breakfast together and play mentor is mentor is not That's awesome. yeah great way to capture uh, renewal and cover policy awesome and then uh, one of the other things she asked is really uh, how important is match support she wanted kind of both of us to cover a little bit of that so I think one of the most important pieces to match support is that and I described this as we had a meeting with another nonprofit here in the community this week this is the structure of teammates you can see behind us, and I was actually using this as a, a part of our discussion. In my head, this is the structure of teammates. Um, central office, um, you know, we, we are mentored by a lot of different organizations and a lot of different community partners. The regional coordinators are mentors to the program coordinators, building a relationship. Program coordinators are mentors to the mentors, building a relationship. And then mentors are building a relationship with the mentees. So every single person has such a significant role in support. Mm -hmm. So I feel if a mentor feels supported, it's because the program coordinator feels supported, because the regional coordinator feels supported, because of that support system that's in place. So in my head, the way that I would describe why is match support important is because we want to do everything that we can to ensure long-term promise keepers in our mentees' lives, safe adult friends. And the best way for us to do that is to build a relationship with the safe adult friend who is mentoring. Um, so that's why I think that match support is really key. Now I love that you're sitting next to me because you can tell Ooh, cool. some uh, research behind that. For this. Um, <laughs> Actually, you should put them on so at that time. I, ooh, put them on at this time. Uh, Professor Tess in motion. No, um, uh, but I want to actually share an analogy about match support in order to kind of communicate how important it is. So Mentor came out with some research in September, I believe it was August or September, about the power of relationships. And they found that match support, much like the... Um, uh, the wonderful gingerbread house that I made today with my mentee match support was the frosting glue that held it together. Last year we had a an off-brand Walmart version of um, a gingerbread house, which I was scrambling to find because everyone was out of gingerbread houses. So um. I went to four or five different places, and so we had this little plasticky 
thing where you had to actually put the slots of the gingerbread house into that gave it the support and the frosting didn't stick it together so it was kind of leaning and you had to hold it up and it just was kind of it was not great um and so it didn't hold the house together well and this year um, I planned well in advance. I actually looked for a pre-built gingerbread house and I found one but I didn't buy it then because I wanted it to be more fresh um, and then I regretted it. But I we did find a build your own um, from Target, um, their name brand and it was a little more expensive. Um, it took a little bit more time, a little bit more money but everything worked really well. The frosting was great. Everything held together really well. It was a really sound structure. I could tell that my mentee could go home and hold this and it would be just fine. It wouldn't fall apart. And so for me, match support is a really, really good supplies, right? You can have everything you need to run a great chapter, everything you need to support matches or everything you need to have a good mentoring program. But if you don't have match support, your house is gonna fall over. It is. It's not going to last very long. Um, it's not going to be great quality. Match support is really what holds everything together. And it can't be last minute. It can't be last minute. Right. It can't be off brand. It can't be, you know, and so I'm just like this whole this whole analogy of last year compared to this year in terms of our gingerbread house just uh, just made me think so much of our relationship to, um, to match support because oftentimes match support is one of those things that if we get time for it um, or, you know, maybe I'll send a quick email or something to check it off the list but in reality what mentors research showed is that match support is really central not only to retaining your matches but also creating new matches so they found that if um, your existing mentors if they're not feeling supported um, 65% of them are not going to recommend the program to somebody else um, and within teammates but also within the entire Midwest there's a statistically significant difference um, of non-mentors becoming mentors because someone recommended it someone that they trusted recommended the program to them So I became a mentor because someone that I trusted recommended that I become a mentor. And I'm sure a lot of you guys have those stories. That's how many of our mentors become mentors. Many of our mentors find out about teammates. But if a mentor is not feeling supported, even if they enjoy their mentoring time, if they don't feel like they're on a team within their mentoring relationship, they're not going to recommend becoming a mentor to a friend. That might make a really good mentor. Right, And so what their match support, what this research found, what the, this lead researcher, um, Michael Geringer, when I heard him speak, he said, essentially, if you want to recruit really well, your best form of recruitment is actually match support. Supporting your matches really well and then turning around and telling your mentors to go recommend someone else to become a mentor. And I would highly recommend that you take a listen to Tessa's um, recent webinar that she um, we invited her to come to a Mentor Academy webinar. I shared it in the match support email on Friday. Um, I think it's a great recording, a great reminder of the value of the difference that a mentor makes, but that mentor has to be supported. It's really, um, I think for us, if we think about it, how realistic is it to ask someone to sign up for this long-term commitment and not help them along the way? Mm-hmm. And everyone's level of help is going to be different based on their own experiences. I um, was honored to be part of the screening of the Resilience movie at Project Harmony up the street on Friday. Um, really excited to work uh, closer with Nick on some uh, on a Mentor Academy, but also hopefully at, at conference this year too. But about what it means, what does it mean to be resilient and what does it take? And then everyone's different experiences related to that as to why people are willing to keep going and keep doing things. So he refers to the ACEs study. The research refers to ACEs. I took the ACEs quiz myself, and I have an ACEs score of six. And the research shows that if you have an ACEs score of four or more, your life expectancy just went down by 20 years. And so then part of the screening of this movie, they talk to all of these um, providers, it's um, mental health providers that are in the room, and 34% had an ACEs score of, 30, of four or more. Because some of us who have experienced difficult times tend to want to give back. Yeah. And that's where I think our mentor, we have to think about that with our mentors. There's a reason that our mentors sign up, but they sign up not because they think it's going to be challenging. They sign up because they want to make a difference. So what can we do to support them so that they keep showing up, so that we can continue to build on those ripples and build on those full circles. And build a strong gingerbread house. And build a strong gingerbread house. <laughs> it was a corny analogy, but I thought good. I'd run with it. So. That's good. <laughs> 
So that's great. Okay, so I love it. So I think that was most of Annette's questions. I don't see any more questions on our Instagram Live. Um, but I have a question for you um, to tie us back to strengths. Um, I would love to hear for those of us who um, uh, who have been around strengths for a while, who know their strengths well, and you have among almost everyone you know that would ever listen to this, uh, or probably the most seasoned within your own strengths learning. What do you do to stay fresh? If you want to go deeper with learning, understanding, and owning your own strengths, what would you recommend someone do? A New Year's resolution for strengths development. I think one of the most important things to do is to have conversations about it. Because I'm constantly learning about what my top five and and beyond look like on me because of the different conversations that I have. So something as simple as tell me about a recent success or something as simple as um, what's the next great thing you're looking forward to. It's so easy for me to identify that that's my strength in action. The way that I love to gather, um, I got it. Um, Christmas card in the mail today here at the office um, from my friend Bob that had an article related to strengths and it I mean my input just loves that and it's circled and highlighted but that means that we're thinking about it and we're having conversations when we don't have to so in the line at the grocery store um, at the bank teller um, whatever it might be that I'm not just talking about the weather or how's your day or how's it going or you know any of those kinds of conversations that limit us, mm-hmm. but a conversation that reminds me to hear what's right about that other person, because the more immersed I get in that language, the more likely I am to even notice my own. Sure. So I think um, it's an investment in conversation. Now, granted, that's my input, probably, and communication, but I think it's a, it's a willingness to say, let's talk more about this, and let's spend the time, you know, I think, Tess, you and I probably have been a little bit discouraged, seriously, that we don't have a lot of engagement on this, maybe as much as we had hoped. We, we don't know. We have no idea, really, who all is listening. But I think if two people are listening and they're going out and having strength-based conversations as a result of you and I modeling strength-based conversations, awesome. Plus, I look forward to this like you can't even imagine. Like I woke up today and look at my calendar and I'm like, at Jen and Millie today because I look forward to an opportunity to talk about what's right, to be joyful, to be engaged, but also to have someone say, I hear that in you. Yeah. I mean, this, you, you might all laugh at that, but anytime I get the chance to do that, and sometimes I do it like when people don't know that this is what I'm doing, um, it's good for me to do a deeper dive. I also have been listening more I think I have tied deliberative to laundry folding and that was because of the Ainsworth zoom training the mentor shared her proud of moment was folding the laundry and deliberatives in her top five and all of a sudden I went I am married to someone who loves and is very particular about laundry interesting so it's just opportunities to have dialogue That's what I would say. Now, I'm going to ask you the same question. What do you do to dig deeper into your strengths development? It's forever learning, but what are you you doing to dig deeper? For me, I... um I think I continually go back to the original resources at different points in my life. So I log back in um, to my Gallup site, download the signature theme report, and read through that paragraph definition um, every once in a while because Mm -hmm. I know that uh, that information is just as relevant now. But I also love how it looks different now and things resonate differently. And I think about it the way, and a lot of people who are listening know that I share a little bit about my faith, but it's like the words of the Bible never change, but they hit me so differently every time I read it right? because I'm just in a different place. right? And words pop out at me that never popped out to me before. And so, and I'm not equating, you know, the Gallup theme reports with, you know, scripture, the Holy Bible or anything. It's smited down here in the, in the conference room. But, um, but what I am doing is with, words I think they resonate differently depending on the season that we're in and so I had a very very difficult fall semester like the past six months have been really hard and the past week has been really hard Um, lots of personal stuff going on in my family and friends and so getting to read back through some of those reports 
and say, I've had a horrible week, and reading a statement, like, you might get frustrated when. Right. Because of my strengths, it helps me to understand the framework with which I'm living life and my paradigm through which I'm approaching it. So I think that even something as simple as going back and the very first piece of homework that Gallup gives, the very first piece of homework that we give to mentors is to print out that report, highlight words and phrases that resonate with you, and then hand it over to someone close to you to do the same. And I think continually doing that, and then there are some great new reports that Gallup has put out that I've really enjoyed digging into, Mm -hmm. um, just have been really great, I think, for, for furthering my learning. Well, we just did a strengths mantra last week, which we both went back to our previous assignment around a strengths mantra. And when I read that again, I thought, yeah, it's as if I wrote this yesterday. And it was really nice to revisit it because it's still me. Um, and then, great tie-in. This morning, my reading, um, we simply can't move into Act 2 until we have several decades under our belt. Mm-hmm. And so my uh, Simple Abundance reading today was about act two for years i wanted to be older and now i am and when i saw this this morning i didn't even tie it to jen and millie but i was thinking about practice and how when i was listening to you on the it um the it call so tess did a great job she does a phenomenal job as our it specialist but she's also put together some fun learning for us and on friday it was paining me. It was just, my empathy heart was just breaking for you because I know what it's like to present and have things just go haywire. And you, I don't know if you noticed, but I said in there, mm-hmm. give yourself some grace. Which is very hard to do. <laughs> I know, but I was thinking, and I did hashtag adaptability. Mm-hmm. But through our strengths learning, when we have the bad days and you might get frustrated by, it gives us the opportunity to say, okay, growth mindset, I make mm-hmm. mistakes too. Yeah. I am not perfect. I don't have all the answers. Mentors, we tell you that all the time, but I think as human beings, we all need that reminder. Um, I'm not good at extending grace to myself um, or accepting when I make mistakes, and I've made some really huge ones recently. Um, So I think about we all have the opportunity to extend some grace. So if you want to dive deeper into your strengths, take a look at your longer definitions and say, where can I give myself permission to say, in 2018, I forgive myself for this. In 2018, I realized this was a mistake that I made, but here's what I learned from it. Yeah. So that we don't stay stuck in that fixed mindset or in that weakness fixing mode, yeah. which we tend to, by human nature, go to. That's good. Yeah. That's really good. Well, we are um, nearing the end. Well, hey, Annette just joined us. Um, we uh, covered some of your questions earlier, Annette. Thanks so much for submitting those to us. Let us know if you have any um, any questions for us. Um, we'll be wrapping up in a few minutes here, but we'd love to hear um, any other questions that you guys might have that are tuning in live. Um, if you're able to chime in with some of those, um, that's awesome. So it's been fun asking random questions for you. I want to know... Um, I want to know your favorite candle scent. Uh, coconut. Classic. Oh my gosh. All things coconut. Should have known that. All things coconut. Um, if you're here in the office, I brought in uh, granola. This has coconut in it this time. Um, all things coconut. Love things it. Coconut. Absolutely love it. Jay Wright asked us our favorite breakfast cereal. I can't remember the last time I've eaten cereal. Cream of wheat. Old school cream of wheat. Instant. Not not the regular box, but the instant packets. It reminds me of being a kid. And then to- totally unhealthy, terrible for you, Cookie Crisp. Have you ever had Cookie Crisp? Uh, yes, I have. So I had a rule when my kids were growing up, 10 grams of sugar or less. And so their dad used to hide the Cookie Crisp in his closet and because I wouldn't let the kids eat it. <laughs> Too much sugar. Oh, yeah. And then my kids um, quickly informed me that it was actually right at 10. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if I, it's kind of ironic now. I don't remember the last time I've eaten cereal, um, but uh, Wheaties was always my favorite growing up. And now it's hilarious because I found out I was allergic to wheat a while ago. Whoops. <laughs> Whoops. Um, Put you on one of those I was boxes. Like the shredded wheats with a little bit of like frosting on it. So I just like those. And now what can you have? Not a whole lot. Rice checks. Yeah, I like rice checks. 
Yeah, that's that's, that's an interesting question, Jay, right? Yeah, Frosted Flakes was the correct answer. <laughs> okay, Frosted uh, Flakes were pretty good. Yep. That's a oh lot of gosh. sugar, Jay. Oh, my gosh. That's, that's a so lot funny. of sugar. Oh, man. All righty. Favorite granola, since you mentioned granola, Annette says. The, all these food questions. My, the, my granola, yeah. the granola that I make. I it's a really saying. simple recipe. Yeah, my mom's granola, but I often don't have access to that. Um, well, now that Annette's on. Annette, who, will you make us granola? <laughs> actually, my favorite food, I should have said my favorite food, is Annette Woodhead's pickles are our Annette, favorite. Um, they are so good. There's They're this so good. Um, granola, though, that Steph introduced me to, and uh, I have to strike spot Steph's relator because she's really good about knowing. She is our preferences, knowing the people around her, knowing their preferences, knowing their limitations or restrictions. And so she knows that I can't do most nuts and I can't do wheat. And so she found this granola that is um, uh, cashew coconut Good. granola. Incredible. So it has only the nuts I can eat and it is coconut in it, which I love coconut. All things coconut. So it was like everything I love within a granola. So that's so great. Okay, so uh, my, my last question to you is, what's the next great thing you're looking forward to? Ooh, that's a really good question. I, oh, I skipped over my time with my family this weekend. I am looking forward to that. <laughs> I went right to like, I have this conference at the end of December I'm looking forward to, but I am looking forward to um, family Christmas this weekend. So my family Christmas is on Saturday, my Starman side of the family, and it is an all-day affair starting at 8 a.m. What's the theme this year? Um, so there isn't like an overall theme. Uh, we're doing homemade gifts, though. So. so themes of the past. Share, please. Oh, themes of the past. We've done a Sound of Music theme. So we usually do like a, are split up into teams for part of the day to do either like a scavenger hunt or we've made like music videos in the past and things like that. So Sound of Music was one um, was one year, and we had to we each got a different Sound of Music song to make a video to. We've done... Um, the most underrated Christmas songs. So, like, um, Grandma Got Ran Over by Reindeer and um, I Want a Hippopotamus for Christmas. Like, the Christmas songs nobody really <laughs> talks about. And we did that one year. We've had all sorts of stuff. We've done, like, um, hat mitten scarf theme one year where you had to give whoever you got for a name a hat, hat mittens and scarves. That's a good idea. So, this year I am very excited, though, talking about um, – our favorite gift to give, favorite gift you've ever given. I'm so excited about the gift I'm giving this year. I got my Uncle Bob, and he is um, uh, a sixth grade teacher, but he loves to teach English. That's his favorite subject to teach, and they're very active in their church. And so my dad and I have always joked about, we've always loved making up games. Okay, is Bob so, listening? Like, no, we don't want to give it away. No, he okay. won't. No, no, no. Okay. I'll, I'll tell him about it later. Okay. But my dad and I have always joked about making games and how we're going to patent this game that's going to, you know, make us a million dollars or whatever. So earlier this year, we came up with this game, and it's a trivia game, and it's called, Did Sh- who said it, Shakespeare or God? And it's quotes from the Bible and quotes from Shakespearean plays, and you have to guess who said it. And so it'll be, I'm really <laughs> excited. So I have this whole logo and all sorts of things that I'm working on. But That'll be fun. Tess has a great family tradition of having a themed Christmas. I think that's fun. That's an awesome next so thing fun. to look forward to. We got a, um, oh, Jay Wright. He said, I thought it was a legitimate question. He said, why is the map behind you appearing backwards? I don't know. I think that's just how photos are being taken it is appearing back so I'm facing left now I'm facing right <laughs> it's probably flipped probably I think most photos when you take them on Instagram are flipped really yeah hmm. lots of learning in this live feed question what is um final question what is the next best thing great thing you're looking forward to Allie New Year's Eve. I do love New Year's (laughs) Eve. I've dropped some big hints about where I want to go. So hope you're listening, Mike. Um, I am looking forward to uh, many days of Christmas, starting with Rasset Christmas on Sunday the 23rd, um, and then our Christmas Eve traditions that we have, and then Christmas Day hosting this year. hosting many um, and this will be the first time that we've had something like that at our house so I'm excited about it but I did start cleaning like literally you know we have the vaulted ceiling so I was standing on top of the kitchen counters trying to reach cobwebs and oh dust I get really 
freaked out about everything being perfectly clean. And then um, I'm looking forward to, Lauren and I are gonna head back to Hebron the week um, of after, the days after Christmas. She wants to get back and see Ellie and um, I'm gonna head back and see a few friends and make a special granola delivery to one of my favorite um, kiddos back home. And so that's what I'm looking forward to. It'll be a great week and it's magical time. Love it. All well, I'll wrap us up here. I want to thank everyone who is tuning into the podcast at a later date. That is not um, December 17th of 2018 because, wow, this was surely the least organized we've had, um, well, at least at the beginning. We had a rough, rough start. But um, I can't wait know, to listen to it. <laughs> it'll be very interesting to look at but or to listen again to. But um, we just want to thank you all for tuning into episode 32, our special live Q&A edition of Jen and Millie. Um, so thank you, everybody, who is still um, listening, watching on our live Instagram. If you happen to be tuning in right around the 27th of December, you might still catch our live feed up on our Instagram account at Jen and Millie, G-E-N-N-A-N-D-M-I-L-L-E. But anywhere after that, I-E. Did I say that? I-E. <laughs> oh, gosh. We're really rough. It's getting revert. way too hot in here. Revert. Oh, my gosh. Okay, revert. But thank you, everybody, so much for tuning in. Thank you for um, trudging with us through that beginning part of figuring out how to do multiple platforms at one time, which is new to us. And um, we hope you all have a wonderful holiday season, whatever your favorite holiday is. Um, cheers to that. Cheers to that. <laughs> Merry Christmas to that. <laughs>